Have you ever wondered about the wild activities that go on at a bar? Well, that wondering ends right now. Welcome to the Open Bar Talk Podcast, where host Jim Search sits down with bartenders near and far to hear the whopping tales that only a drink slinger has. So buckle in, have a cold one, and enjoy it. And we are making it happen again, y'all. It is episode 21 of the Open Bar Talk podcast, a podcast dedicated to sitting down and talking with bartenders about the crazy shit that they have seen from behind the stick. Uh, if you want to find the show, uh, you can do that. Uh, openbartalk at gmail.com is a good place to email us. If you want to find our Instagram page, it is openbartalk at, on the gram. I post some crazy stories of the crazy shit that I got into uh, when I was a bar maniac uh, way back when. Uh, and in case you're wondering who I am, I am Jim Search. Uh, you can find me at jimsearchcomedy.com. You can go on all the social media, find me at Jim Search, because that is what branding is all about. Uh, so, you know, I'm very excited to, uh, you know, this is th- this podcast at this point uh, is how I talk to people now, uh, because <laughs> I am in quarantine, uh, and as most of the world should be. So this is my uh, way of interacting with the universe. So I'm very excited to do this show every day. Uh, now, uh, our guest here for our episode, I'm very excited to have her on, a very funny comedian, and I'm super pumped to uh, hear about the wild times uh, from behind the bar, because bartenders see all and hear all. So, you know, I have certainly uh, frequented some of the bars she's worked in, and I'm like, tell me more about what's happened there. So, anyway, I say all that to say that I've got Peggy O'Leary on the show. Peggy, how you doing, my friend? I am doing it. I'm in quarantine just like you, but I'm doing it on a different side of the bar. Now mm. I work, now I work at a funeral home. So I, I like to say that I used to, uh, serve beer to the people I now bury. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. and it's actually not that different running a bar. Cause I used to run a bar. The last time I think we saw each other at a bar was probably when I was running the Creek. Yeah. I used to run a bar and people are like, how different it is? It's like, I'm like, I used to order beers and now I order casket. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I used to think it was sad to like serve alcohol. Now I'm like, Oh no, no, I know. Cause <laughs> in my neighborhood, a lot of people are dying of cirrhosis of the liver, man. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It really makes me be like, I don't know if I could go back to bartending. Cause I would be like every drink. I'd be like, listen, ma'am, uh, I got to be honest. <laughs> Saw this guy, Ted, he's about 75. Mm-hmm. His liver wasn't great. And we had to bury him, but no, I'm a, I'm as good as I could be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because it's like... I Are you drinking like, lemonade? No, no, no. This is a actually a, a vodka and a little bit of soda. Okay, good. So. I'm glad that you're also drinking because I didn't know if you were. Mm. So I made myself the biggest drink of all time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I made myself a... We've run out... I'm living in Philly where they don't actually have liquor stores open anymore. It's just beer and wine that you can buy. Oh, no. So I found old plastic bottles of gin from my parents like 1970s oh shit i don't even know how you even have plastic bottles of gin at all but that i've been drinking gin a little bit of iced tea and uh pellegrino you know to feel fancy yeah well you know what (laughs) i'm just gonna say that's what really ties the flavor profile together if you really think about it, this is Pellegrino is what just, wah, now, now. You think club soda's fancy. Uh, meet my Italian lover, Pellegrino, okay? <laughs> I am obviously rusty with people because that was maybe the lamest joke I've ever said you, of all time. You know what? I will, uh, all puns aside, the bar is pretty low here. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I've been doing this Just all having long. a good time. Yeah, we're just, we're gonna, we're gonna live, we're gonna live this, we're gonna experience it. And yeah, I'll tell you right now, I am certainly having a vodka and soda and I have to because again, this world is fucking crazy. Uh, so anyway, uh, yes, again, very excited to have you here, uh, virtually of course, because again, no one like I just, cause you know, I do podcasts all the time. I'm like, Hey, come, you know, come through and be in the studio. And now it's just like, I have now gotten used to Skype and zoom as how, the, yeah, this has to roll. So, and working if you don't, I'm just gonna say, stay the fuck home. When <laughs> nurses tell you you think it's one thing, when the girl that works in the office of a funeral home says it, stay the fuck home, guys. Okay. Yeah, because if anybody has the numbers and the stats, 
It is. As, it is. It is, as you said, the last responders. Uh, <laughs> yes, the last responders. Which you know for fact that stay the fuck home, wear a mask, and stay the fuck away from people. Yeah, uh, don't let me have to buy another pair of jeans because too many people died and I got a bonus because I'm working <laughs> by myself. Okay, I don't want that to happen. I don't want to end up getting a trip to Bermuda in a month. Mm-hmm. We hit our numbers. No, I'm kidding. That's not how funeral homes work, but <laughs> it's, if there was, if there is this, a sociopath's funeral home, I believe. Yeah. Like, where there's a sales job where it's like, we're all going to Aruba. <laughs> it's like ABC, always be coughing. All right. <laughs> always be coughing. That's how we work. ABC. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh God. I know. I'm so glad my dad doesn't listen to podcasts. I would be fired. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, yes, I too. I am happy that this show is not, uh, but it's here. Uh, so anywho, uh, let's, well, let's get into it. Uh, let's talk about it. So, you know, you've, uh, you were bartending, uh, before the funeral home biz. Uh, but tell us a little bit. How did you get started? What was your first dive into the world of bartending? Well, so I mean, I started in restaurants, um, right, like right at 17, like in Philly and like in PA, you have to be 18 to serve food and alcohol uh-huh. and you can, and you can actually bartend. I didn't bartend, but I worked at this little Italian place in the neighborhood when I was like just 17 because I don't know if it was like, I knew it or my dad knew it, but I just knew I'd be a struggling actress at some point or like <laughs> artist of some sort. Right. And my dad's good friend owned, I mean, I started working. We all did. We all had to start working at like 12. Um, my dad was like real into that. Sure. Now all six of his children literally work for him. I'm like, Oh, this is why Irish people have a bunch of kids to just like to work. Learn how to work the farm. And if you don't have a farm, it becomes a funeral home or whatever. But so I started working in restaurants, um, before I moved to New York when I was like still in the, this area. Mm-hmm. And then in the summertime, um, I just knew how to make drinks. And I also was just more, so the summer, so that whole year I worked in a little Italian restaurant around here. And then in the summertime, I would go to the shore and like Jersey Shore. Sure. And I worked in this place. And I worked at this Italian seafood restaurant where I was a waitress. And this one day the bartender got slammed and I was actually working in a section that had, it was mostly like people waiting to get their tables. So like we called it the rail. So it's like, we would call it like, so like most people would have like, you know, three to five tables. But if you worked the railing, you were just basically serving drinks and maybe an appetizer, depending on how long of a wait it was. Cause it's like Jersey shore overly packed. Um, and so my entire section is drinks, drinks right and the here. bartender was the service bartender was super backed up. And I just sort of, I kind of always was like who I am as I am now at 33, how I was at 18. Like I kind of was like, fuck this. Like, uh, and I looked <laughs> at my, I always had Italian, scary, like Philly tough. I know the brand. Like, like owners, cooks, they were either the tiniest, scariest guy or like the actual most, like the biggest guy in the world. Either way, they're like so scary, but there was something about, I knew that they like, you know, when you start working in a restaurant, like the women that are like the toughest women to the owners, especially in New York and Philly, like the tougher you are as a waitress to the owner, the more the owner loves you because they probably have the most regulars. So there was just like, I think something about that. And I grew up going to bars with my parents my entire life. I mean, like, sure, sure. uh, The first time I ever got left at a bar, I'll tell it later. I mean, (laughs) I just grew up for a daughter of a funeral director. There's a reason he drank every night. Like he was like, we're going out. Like I have six kids. I'm taking the youngest. And I like loved bars. I'd sit Uh there and hang out with them. Um, So, I just jumped behind the bar and started serving, like started making drinks with them because I was like, listen, you got to wait on like the people's tables. I, I have the whole, I just always was kind of that person. So I just like kind of figured out and like, it was this older guy who just like taught me, he'd just like say like count to six and I'd like pour and pour and whatever. So I never was like trained. I just like knew. And then I moved to New York and it's funny because in New York, like, you have to start as, as a host. And I remember being so annoyed because I was like, Ugh. like I used to like Run make a like, hundred drinks, uh, an hour in like a Jersey, like South Jersey, you know, 
whatever, Italian restaurant at 18. And I always never looked my age. So it's like, I looked like I was probably like 35. (laughs) Um, do you hear that? Uh, no. What are you, what are you hearing? No, I think there's like a buzz happening in the second floor of here. And I thought maybe it was like something with my mic. Okay, good. Oh, no, no, you're good. You're good. Okay. So, so you were, so you, so you come to New York, like you have shit tons of experience behind the bar. And now you're kind of like have to work up the ranks again. Yeah, actually so much so that I didn't even like my first year that I lived in New York, I uh, worked in retail because I went to my first couple restaurants and I was like, well, I've been bartending and waiting tables for a year. And they're like, you're 18. Like, that's not a real thing. (laughs) And I was like, like, no, 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 it is. Uh, I was like, I can give you my references. And so I did like a year of retail and then, um, my sophomore year of college, I went to a place called City Crab, which is not there anymore, but it was the best. And it was on 19th and Park. Okay. And it was a corner, little corner place. It was next to Sushi Sa- Samba, if you remember that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's still there, but, and I went there and they had just lost hostess. So I went there and started hosting. So, and I actually never bartended there because that was like an old school New York place where like, you know, you had to have been bartending for 25 years. Sure, 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 sure. So my, a lot of my bartending experience before the creek was a couple weird divey bars in New York. And then every summer I went back to that, like the down the shore, down the shore place. Cause you would make tons of money. Yeah. Even when I was out of college, like I would work five days, I would work four days a week in the city. And then on the weekends I'd go down the shore and I'd work Friday, Saturday, and sometimes Sunday. So like you right out of college. seven days a week? I work seven days a week. Yeah, God yeah, yeah. Damn, that's fucking crazy. It's New York, baby. I mean, I've, <laughs> I always laugh. I'm like, I've never not had four jobs when I lived in New York. Well, and you know, it's funny just, you know, as kind of what the New York uh, lifestyle looks like is that there is that sort of like what I would consider at least kind of under the radar economy that exists of like mm-hmm. working for jobs as like a dog walker, a hairdresser and a bartender. Like there are right. all these different things that you do in pursuit of whatever it is that you're after. You know what I mean? So there's like totally. all these different spaces. So, so that's how you got into the game, right? Is, yes. You know, you uh, cut your teeth of sort uh, in Philly and down the shore and then came to New York and then uh, worked uh, worked your way up here uh, to, yeah. to that. So now, with that being said, uh, like, you know, now let's let's get into the stories, right? Like, what is some of the wild shit that you have seen uh, from behind the bar? And I can, if, yeah, I've, uh, for those of y'all that are listening, like we're skyping, and I see like uh, Peggy right now. She is smiling ear to ear, which tells me that there are some fucking stories that are waiting for us. I have. It's so funny, like, I, the combination of, now I was sober for two and a half years. There was a time I was sober. Um, when my brother got sober, I got like sober with him in solidarity. And I remember even when I was sober and people would be like, you don't even believe this story that happened. I'm like, bitch, I've yeah. been sober and the stories are fucking crazier than anything you can think of. Um, <laughs> I'm like, that's a Tuesday. Uh, and I, I mean, I remember saying that to someone. So I did have one bartending job. I don't think the uh, restaurant exists anymore, but it was called uh, Murphy and Gonzalez. And it was an Irish Mexican pub. That's not a thing. That's probably why it doesn't exist anymore. But it was yeah. right on a, on NYU's campus. I only worked there for like six months. Okay. And it was the worst bar. Like they wanted to be a sports bar. They hardly played sports. I remember I worked there Monday nights and I was so excited because I love football and I was like excited for Monday. And I remember like there's nobody here and like somebody was telling a story and I thought they were joking. Right. I'm like, we're in a, we're in a dive Mexican Irish bar in New York city on Monday night and there's old men at this bar and you guys are acting like this. Like I thought he was joking. Cause he's like, it was such a crazy night. We went to this bar and then we went to this other bar. And I was like, that just sounds like a Tuesday. Right. And I was sober at the time. And he was like, what? And I was like, Oh, you, you actually thought that was like interesting that you bar hopped. I'm yeah. like, I am like from a town where like a uh, pub crawl is like what you did for your grandma's birthday like sure yeah like like the amount of people that go on like errant express buses on just like a fun night 
on a <laughs> Thursday in March because it's St. Patty's Day month, like, is crazy. Um, but no, I have a ton of, I mean, I, I don't even know. I mean, I will say there was a section of my life when I was telling you about like the shore place. Mm-hmm. I, when I wouldn't, when I wouldn't bartend, I would, uh, we called it like ride the rail. Like I would do the railing, which was like all people watching and waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Um, like waiting for their food. And I was the best at it. Cause I could convince people to stay and have full meals while I was still like, getting everybody's first or second drink because I was faster and I and I was allowed to hop behind the bar and help. Right. Um, right. And I just was in a blackout. And I mean, like, <laughs> I don't even blackout, but I just would be constantly like just chugging, just like when I was like a little crazier in my 20s, just ripping lines of cocaine and then just like <laughs> making more money than I've ever made to this day. Like I would have these old Italian guys that would just like tip me hundreds to just be like, make sure we got a good seat for the sunset. And I'm like, it's not my job, but I'll take the hundred. Yeah, like, <laughs> sure. Sure. Fam. You got it. But I don't know. I mean, there's so behind the bar in front of the bar. I've had a many, one of the, I will say one of the scariest. All right, let's get into it. Um, the Creek was one of the places that I worked uh, like, well, I ran the bar, so I worked really only like two shifts, happy hour, but I would always have to pick up for everybody because I only had so much, so many people on staff. Sure. And this one night I was by myself and this guy the whole time was being creepy, but like he's being creepy in like a comedy beta male, yeah. which every, everybody's like, why is that scary? I'm like, give me a hothead, like, Italian, Irish dude from the Bronx, dude from Brooklyn, like hothead dude who like wants to yell at me. Cause I, like that guy wants me to be alpha against him. Sure. A creepy dude that you don't even know what he's doing, but he's lingering. And the creek, if you've never been to the creek in the cave, you should go, yes. but just know there are secret weird rooms. I mean, there's like 15 it's rooms. It's cavernous. It's very it's cavernous. cavernous. There's also a side room where like when you're bartending, you don't see it. There's no camera. So it's like I could go around the corner. And and like think nobody's in there and think I'm cleaning up by myself and all of a sudden and that's what happened I'm cleaning up okay wait so now quick question uh so you're cleaning up so is this closing time this is closing like I had so like four in the or what not four but like two three in the morning no 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 the creek was four on the weekends but this year might be right this is probably weekday and I was dating a comic at the time Mm. and he thankfully had just decided to pop in. But I mean, at the moment I'm cleaning up. And now this guy had been creepy all night was like, sure. only had one or two drinks. And right away I kept being like, like, I think Rojo was there. Somebody else. I was like, he's, he, he's gotta be on something like this guy's, I had one or two drinks. Like there's no way this motherfuckers. Now here's, so here's my question. Uh, yeah. So in terms of his creepiness, was he just just lingering, not talking to anybody, just sitting there? Like, what what gave you? Other than the vibe, of course, because you know vibe. So nice, he like, was sitting. Now the creek only has about six seats at the actual bar, right? And the one that's the closest to the end, where the like where the exit is, like yep. where I would wa- if you're the bartender, where you walk out and like right by the stairs. Yeah, I know. Yep. It's usually reserved for like. A rojo or like one of the guys from the kitchen staff or like the waiter or like, or a comic I know really well. Like yep. it's never ever a random person. Cause A, you're kind of annoyingly in the way and like everyone at the creek is kind of an asshole. So like they would be like, Hey, you got to move over. Like you yeah. don't want. So he had been sitting there and he was kind of in the way and people kept making him move. And so he moved and sat on the other side and just like kind of watched me, which like, is like like closer to the wall. To the wall. Okay, so now he's it. like back to the wall, just eyes on me. Oh boy. It's hard to explain, but it's a tiny little bar. I, but it's busy, and I know mostly everybody. And I got to be honest, when it's a brand new person, I don't know. I just assume they're a new open micer. Sure. And so sure. I'm usually friendly to them because I'm like, hey, I know New York. It's so scary, and like, so I started being like, hey man, like, are you a comic? And he's like. And just would just nod. Oh, cool. But he wasn't like tough guy nod. He was like, I am going to shoot up the school nod. Does that school, make Yep. School shooter, active shooter. Uh, he was um like, nod. I didn't, he was white, but he also might've been something else. And it could have been Spanish or Asian or maybe like 
a quarter black. Like there was just off-white. something a little bit off white, but he was mostly like where I was like 75% of you is going to shoot me in the head. <laughs> 25% of you want to fuck me because I have a big ass. Like I didn't know what <laughs> vibe it was, but you get it, right? It could be I'm both. Not to, could be both. Right. Listen, I'm not trying to be racist, but I'm mostly racist to my own kind. Uh, we're creepy and weird. Um, Fair. Uh, and he wasn't that big. So it's funny because I will say this. There are so many times that like things like this happen and people are like, you're the toughest person I know when it comes to like fighting somebody. And then like a tiny creepy dude comes around and you're like, nah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause those are the guys that rape those, you. Yeah. Those are the yeah, guys those that. Those are the guys that like figure out a way to like, they have a knife in their pocket mm-hmm. and they're going to like, they, they've been watching to see how I come in and out. By my, and so. Yeah. Everybody don't... leaves. Yes. Um, okay. My boyfriend had come back for a second and went to the bathroom. Okay. And I realized he's here and I'm like. You so realize your boyfriend's gonna, here. Okay. No, I realized that the guy's still. Oh, sorry. In the, oh. He's like in the secret room. Sure, sure, sure. He thinks I'm by myself because the way the creek is or whatever. So I kind of start talking loudly, thinking that my boyfriend at the time would get it. And he eventually did. But at first, I was really like, like, dude, we got to have more fucking codes. If you're going to come at 4 in the morning or like 2.30 when I'm cleaning up and there's a creepy dude, like, and if I'm talking very loudly... You should assume it's towards you. That's a reason. That you hear me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he ends up coming, like he pops out. I like almost scream. Um, the boy, my boyfriend at the time, Sam wouldn't care, but it was, he like walked up and like, then the guy just stood on the corner and I was like, cause I didn't know what he had. I didn't know why he was there. And I was like, Hey man, like, you know, you have to leave. Like I kicked everybody out like 45 minutes ago. He's like, I know. I just really liked watching you. I'm like. <sighs> No, no, that's not. No, I'm sorry. Fam. And my boyfriend at 4:30 in the morning said, "I like watching." I'd be like, "All right, get the fuck out of here, creep!" Like I don't, <laughs> I don't even like that conversation. Yeah, you know what? That's about enough. We're gonna, so, we're gonna clip that. So the best is to like. Holy um, shit! So so he says, so, "I just like watching you." And he sits there, and so now right away, me and uh, now I'm sober, and I'm like kind of like because right away my boyfriend's like. What fuck are we going to do? Like, this is weird. Like, am I kicking them out? Also because the bar at the Creek is in the basement. So you have to like take a flight. It's not like just like, Oh, get out the door. door. Yeah. It's kind of like a finesse. Also, we both were like, this guy could have a fucking knife. I don't know. Sure. And so then the guy just, uh, so eventually I'm like, this is my boyfriend. And he, he just looks at him and goes, you're a very lucky man and grabs his wrist or like something crazy where we both were like, Oh no, we're both going to get murdered. This is how yeah. I'm going to oh. be raped and he's going to be tied up in a string. So, and, and I could tell at that point because I had been like, I'm like, Hey man, I think you got to go. And he's like, I don't want to go. Oh fuck. And so it's like, I'm like, I've oh, had no. too many this fucked up enough. stories in New York where like people pull guns on you, knives. And I'm like, I don't got no protection. Sure. Like, like we're both like shitty comics in our late twenties who are about to ride our bikes back to Bushwick. Like we cannot, <laughs> This is even if he is like a fey man, I'm still going to be scared of him. Cause he's now creeping me the fuck out. Like whatever. So it ends up being this whole thing, end up having to get Rebecca to come down. But that was probably the, the only time where I was like, Holy fuck. If he wasn't there, like if my boyfriend wasn't there, what would that have, how would that have? Well, because I would, would I have even gone to the next room to like clean up? Would I have been like, he'd been watching me. And I think because, you know, Sam had gone to the bathroom, he like was aware there was somebody else with me. But I'm like, this is the kind of dude that like would come up behind me. And the bar there is like, if you get on the one side, like there's no backing out. I'd have to hop over the bar. Sure. To and get it's the, just I, like, I don't know. Yeah. So that was probably my scariest bartending moment. Now, here's so just to kind of figure out what where the fuck this went. So Rebecca comes down, right? The owner comes down and she's like, get the fuck out. Well, she's a little bit more aggressive and intense than me. I'm like, she's always like, this is when you can't be diplomatic. And I'm like, I know. But I was like, maybe if I don't yell. And um, so she came down and was just like, I have the cops coming. Like she called the cops right away and was like, we had a direct number. I didn't. She always had a direct number to the precinct. So she called the precinct and just was like, my female bartender's by herself. There's a guy who won't leave. So she ran downstairs and was basically like, and the guy was like fucked up, but not. Cause right away with the owners are always like, you over, 
like sold to him. And I'm like, yeah, I like kept my assailant here getting <laughs> drunk on tequila. Um, I'm like, no, he was on something else or he just was a straight up or just a fucking psycho scary person. But right. it's funny. I remember thinking the whole night, like someone's got to stay with me. Cause I kept looking at like different comics and being like, do you know that guy? And like trying to do the whole smile without like, yeah, like without tipping what I'm saying. Sure. Um, so that was like one of the scariest, scariest nights. Yeah, that's fucking wild, man. But I mean, God, I don't even know. There was just so many fucking nights. Well, also when you work in a restaurant, everybody you work with, like if you're an older person who doesn't have like a family, if you're just like been be being a bartender or a waitress till you're pushing 50 Mm -hmm. those are the wildest people i would i will say i did more cocaine with like my 40 year old like yeah recently divorced uh co-workers than any other thing ever like where i'd be like what is i can't i remember the first time i saw a gun it was like after a shift and i was like i am still I still have a sports bra on right now and like my work pants because we just changed our shirts and went like dancing in New York and now there's, there's a, gun? a gun on the table. Now there's uh, a gun. Okay. Which I would think at least in terms of that, that there is a sort of like if you're like in your forties and like this has been you've been down with this life, that you this is your track. This is the trajectory. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like this is what you do, this is how you roll, and that's the end of it. So you know, you want to drink till seven in the morning. All right, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. that sort of approach or mentality. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I have to say that living when I lived in Jersey, bartending was the best because I worked at a restaurant. So we didn't close at like four. We closed at like the bartender would be done. Like, well, yeah, like the restaurant would be closed at like 11. So your bar, the bartender is the last one to leave. I would leave at maybe 1230 tops. Like it was the perfect in by four, done by 1230, all like so fast, amazing. Everybody's on vacation, even though they're like rich people who are on vacation every weekend. Sure, sure. And sure. you would just like, I remember just like, I, I always rode my bike down the shore. I rode my bike. I jumped in the shower. I'd like get out. I'd be at the bars by one and the bars in Atlantic city don't, they're 24 hours. They so sure are. You sure would, are. I would stay around like Margate, which is where like the short town that I, it's like a smaller, like it's right by like ocean city. It's between ocean city and Atlantic city. So you would like party there. And then somebody's somebody, somebody that they knows bartending. Cause all the people who actually work in these restaurants live there year round. Yeah. So then often you're in like a fucking cop bar in the middle of Atlantic city. And like it's four in the morning and there's like cops getting off their shift and they're like wildly crazy. And like mm-hmm. just fucking, I mean the amount of, times I've given out. This is a fun thing I used to do because I was like on a lot of diet pills in my early 20s because like no big deal. I'm white. And um, <laughs> I would just... It's chill. Any of the... And still white. And uh, literally all the girls I'd be with like, I'm too tired and I don't do cocaine. And I had like stuff. I was like, I can't. Like this stuff is... I'm going to be addicted. Like it is just like... Mm-hmm. The perfect storm of my personality is like, oh, I can just be confident for the first time and nonstop hanging out with people. Don't do that. So I would just like give out diet pills to all these like young girls who like all the guys I was like waited tables with and like all the waiters when I was the bartender would like be like, these girls want to go. I'm like, I'll, I'll go. I'm like, girls, you want a diet pill? And I would just like get these girls like, <laughs> and, like I was like a madam. Yeah, I was going to say, money. you're doing some, upsetting. I'm like, do- I could have, I should have been a madam. That's you're like doing what some, you're doing some real Heidi Fleiss shit. Uh, just, yeah. just getting, uh, get lining, lining these chicks up, man. Good for you. <laughs> no, listen, all those guys are good guys. That kind of seems like I'm like, and then these girls went and had the worst night of their life. They always had fun. Those, some of those girls are some of my best friends now where they're like, but do you remember the first time we hung out and you handed me a diet pill? That's fucking weird. I'm like, dude, I was an intense 22 year old. What can I say? You know what? I was, I was about that life. So you, so you, I was about that diet life. Yo. You know what? I was, I was, I was burning, I was burning calories. So don't you, don't you step, don't step to me on that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so that was, so, you know, uh, what I was going to say, so the Creek and Cave, that was the scariest fucking moment. What would you say 
in terms of like, uh, so you always worked at, were you always at the Creek when you're in New York? Uh, like, no, I only worked there the last three years. Okay. Um, I was, but everyone thought I worked there because Rebecca and I were really close and Rojo and I are really close. So I was always at the Creek and I had shows there for years. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, now, well, I, my, my next question, uh, was going to be like, was there any uh, memorable regulars that came in that you were just like, this, this guy's got a story or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, who are those folks that you just don't ever forget as a bartender? So there's a couple. Mm-hmm. None of the ones at the creek ever I felt like, oh, there's a story. A lot of times it was like, oh, what is this guy's deal? And also the creek. <laughs> Which also is equally as in- yeah, entertaining. Like, like, what's your deal? Right. Well, okay. So there's, so I would say right away when you said that, there's mm-hmm. this, there's this guy who probably, he still goes there. I've seen him a couple of times. His name's Gil. I love him. I mm-hmm. think he lives in the neighborhood. He would just come. By himself. He's a big fan of comedy. So okay. he watched comedy, but he would just come have one or two margaritas. Okay. And go and dip. And like everybody knew him. He's the best. Sometimes he'd come into your show. Sometimes he wouldn't. Sure, sure, and then sure. the more and more I'd come back in the last, cause I haven't been working at the Creek like in three and a half years. Oh, I guess it'll, it'll be three years. No, it'll, yeah, three and a half years or whatever. Okay. Um, I've seen him a couple times and it's now I'm like, oh, this motherfucker doesn't have one or two anymore. He's like full on <laughs> a part of the creek motif. Like he's just there. Right. right, um, right. But my favorite creek regular, regular was this guy. So when I first started working at the creek, um, they were they were fixing the seven train. It was okay. The start yep. of fixing the seven train, and they that. were fixing another uh, part. So by Hudson Point. There was this like train station that was getting built. So I always worked happy hour. So every Tuesday and Thursday or Friday, whatever day I worked at like, we opened at three, at three fifteen, four dudes, but this one guy always was there, but they would all have one or two beers and they like would time it out and they would buy beers and be like, Hey, don't open that. It's like, basically they were like trying to get a six pack to go. And I never had customers. So I'd be like, whatever, like, don't open in front of me and put in your bag. Um, but so the train guys were my favorite Mm -hmm. and they would come for like a half hour. They would all have like a bunch of shots and then have a, like a bunch of PBRs cause they were $3 and then they would head out. So my birthday's in November. Mm. I started working in probably ja- April. So from April to September, they're like my regulars. Sure, so okay. Days a week. And then also I ran the bar, so I was there. So even like on my off days, I was there sitting with them or whatever. Right. And this one guy, I remember actually be genuine, like I was genuinely upset when he left because we like, I started to get a little bit like he was going through a divorce. Like sure, he sure, never sure. ever got to the point where he was drunk. It was always just like here and there. And then eventually it was like, then there'd be like one day he came in by himself. Cause he wanted like, you know, a taco on taco Tuesday. And then we like, I'd learned mm. that he was like going through a divorce and he's like having this. And then I, I don't know where this one Tuesday, like 20 of the train guys show up and I'm like, Oh What's shit. This? I'm yeah. like, what's going on? And he's like, it's my last day. And I was like, I've never been like genuinely like, Aww. wait, I, cause like for, from like three to five, you wouldn't have anyone at the creek. So like sure. these, yeah, these yeah. like train guys were like my favorite. And this guy was like my ultimate favorite. Like we had like a little, little romance in a sure, way. Like, yeah. like I'm like, ah, a barmance. Bar yeah. It was like a barmance. Yeah. But. So that he left in September. He had his like quote unquote like going away, going away party there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all missed their trains. I they all got yelled at by their wives. It was really great. <laughs> it was great. cut to my twenty eighth birthday. Okay. Now this is how close he got. Out of nowhere, three of those motherfuckers show up for my show, and they're like, "It's Peggy's birthday!" Oh, and like nice. I was like, "What?" this is crazy. And then that night he tried to make out me and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. This is barman. are different. Not what I wanted to do, but he's like my favorite regular. I was the, like I had regulars at, um, down the shore. People were like, their stories were sad, okay. but also I usually knew 
it's always hot. Like it's, it's, it's a, it, like a summer, like touristy job is always weird because you have your regulars that like, you know, you don't see all winter. Sure. Sometimes right. you go back and they're not there and you're like, what happened? They're like, Oh, old Joe. Yeah. Like typhoid died. Yeah. Yeah. Typhoid. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, he had polio. It's crazy. He went back in time. Um, <laughs> he jumped. But yeah, no, I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I'm, these are terrible. Are these even interesting stories? I feel these, like I'm just like reliving my yeah. old favorite men that I like. It's always men. There was one girl at the creek who came all the time, who we all loved, mm-hmm. who we all make the margaritas that are already strong enough, stronger for her. Okay. But, um, Shauna, she's great. Now, look, um, in answer to your question, are these stories interesting? Yes. These are fucking amazing stories. Like, that's one of the things about this podcast that I really, uh, I enjoy. And, you know, you gotta do a podcast that you, uh, dig and you think is cool is that I think bartenders have the most amazing stories and they live, like, there's, there's a perspective that you have as a bartender that, like, we don't necessarily see as those who are, customers so like you get to meet the people and really get that sort of perspective that we don't have so right in answer to your question yes these are and i am intrigued by i also love being a bartender i think a lot because you could read the like it it has a similar feel to like a comedy like where i stood behind there is a little bit of a distance between us i'm sort of the ruler of the root like what what the bartender says goes but I also have been in definite times where like similar, like it's funny, the stories you remember, like the story that I'm like, that was the scariest. I have witnessed in real time a dude straight up trying to fuck with a girl. And I love being able to be like, it feels like you're like a spy where you're like, I'm like, I like signal to someone, the bouncer comes over. I'm like, yeah. all right, you got to go check that guy because I'm pretty sure you just roofied that girl. Like, or whatever it is. Like, I love, not that I loved that. That's fucked up. But like. There was almost a hero level of like, I'm sure. like, I'm saving white bitches on vacation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> of all ages. <laughs> you know, just keep, keep them safe out there, which is important. <laughs> keep, just, I'm just, sorry. I'm the reason there's a whole generation of Karen's still alive. There's a lot that should have died. <laughs> so I will, I will take the punishment. Yeah. I myself am not, but, but I'm usually the girl that gets the manager yelled at, like on, but, um, I right. definitely have kept some of them safe. And in retrospect, I might have let, I should have let a couple. No, I'm kidding. That's really fucked up. <laughs> Just let a couple slip through the crack there. Uh, and if we weren't sure how to get canceled, check it out. <laughs> I know I keep it. fucking up a lot. No. I've turned into just like, I say whatever. I work in a funeral home in a pandemic. It's just not. I feel like there has if to I get canceled for some dumb shit. I say, I'm like, I should have been. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you, you probably, you're right. You probably should have got me out the game here at some point. Right. <laughs> So, so you have, uh, so you had your three regulars, right? Um, mm-hmm. now let me ask you, uh, is there any memorable fights that you've seen across that you're just like, how are these motherfuckers still standing or how did this get to where it is? You know what I mean? Or just mm-hmm. what if, like a fight. I gotta be honest. Go ahead. A lot of the fights in bars I was probably a part of. <laughs> <laughs> you were the, uh, dare I say, instigator of the Well, fight? it's not even that. I think I just, I've always been, um, yeah, I'm like a weird vigilant of like douchey dudes. I will like, I will fucking, I will, like I've been definitely at the bars that I've worked at hanging out and shit happens and I'm the one that jumps in because there's like something about me that just like loves the idea of fighting a dude. Okay. Never fought a woman. Okay. But I've definitely been something like in my head. I'm like, I can solve this problem. And I've done it a couple of times at the creek when, but I was like the manager. It's never when I was bartending at the creek. Okay. Um, well, t- talk about it. Let's, let's get into it. So I'm trying to think of what my favorite one was. I, um, Oh my god. See, it's all very hard because I grew up in a neighborhood where like I think like the actually the night the quarantine happened, the last night that I went out was St. Patty's Day weekend, and I'm pretty sure I broke up a fight 
that I had no business being there. Like, actually, right. the bouncer was like, what are you doing, Peg? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I just saw these 22-year-old boys, frat boys, and there's a part of me that I, like, want to teach him a lesson. They're like, yeah, bitch. You know fucking, I'm going to – a 33-year-old fucking woman is about to break this shit up. And then you're like, I've been punched in the face always because of shit like that, where I have this thing in my head where I'm like, nobody will hit a woman. Here's the thing. Women have been hit a lot. In, from, from the beginning of time. The, from the beginning of time. But I grew up like with a brother and a dad that were like, no man will hit a woman. Um, yeah, that's... So not great because uh, I've been hit a bunch of times. I'm trying to think of the best fight that I ever broke up. I mean, it probably would have been a fight my brother was in when I was younger. Okay. I um, So I wasn't the bartender, but I definitely shouldn't have been in a bar. I think I was 18. He was probably 22. My brother and I are four years apart. And um, he was in one of his, like, crazy drunk – it was – yeah, I know what it was. It was Christmas Eve. Okay. Eve. Yep. Day before Jesus. I think it was something like that. Like, it was either the 23rd or the 24th. We go out. He starts screaming at me that he, like, left his credit card. And I'm like, no, you didn't. You gave it to the bartender. So, first of all, this is, like, a neighborhood bar that, like, it's very easy to figure out Peg Uliar is not 21. Right. I literally just graduated fucking high school. And yes. everybody, like the bar is called Maggie O'Neill's. Like 100%. It's literally one step away from my name. Everybody, everybody, it's a bar where everyone knows you. Sure, sure, sure. And, sure. Ta- and um, this is like so cliche Irish American bullshit. Um you two Sunday bloody Sunday came on and my brother like took his shirt off and started screaming at me. Pounding <laughs> his chest. Oh. And he was fucking around with his friends. And my brother was the most fun. Also, he's like my height. He's five foot eight Irish dude. Like he was stock like he's he's stocky now, but at that time he was not. Like he's a little scrappy dude that like anyone could like hold his head back and he'd be like And he'd trying be swinging to his arms. Yeah. But we're all like partying, whatever, and he starts going crazy. He takes his shirt off. The bartender's like, everybody's like, Tom, you gotta put your shirt on. Like, everybody knows each other. <laughs> Come on, Tom. That's enough. And my brother's like, you stole my credit card. And then this guy, like, comes over and he's, the guy's just, like, coming to say something to me, not, like, to hit on me. And my brother just turns to him and, like, headbutts him because, like, that's what tiny dudes do. Sure, They're yeah. like, I'm gonna just be the craziest motherfucker. I'm shirtless. Sunday bloody Sunday's on. I'm a headbutt you and you are probably six five and like pushing two fifty. Right. So I obviously he headbutts, the guy goes crazy, all of his buddies go in. And at this point it was very late in the night. So I think it was maybe me and my brother and like two of his other idiot friends. Late now in retrospect, I'm like, they were all on oxy. Like, sure. he's like yeah, they was... weren't fucking just drunk. Cause I kept being like, why is everyone this fucked up? Like yeah. Well, how are you guys this fucked up? This is and enhanced. so all the guys, you know, jump in. And so in my head, I'm like, oh, I kind of know who these guys are. They know my brother. They know he's fucked up. If I jump in, the bar, like, it'll stop it. Nope. It did not stop it. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, it just like, I got in the middle. And then eventually one of my brother's friends who wasn't as fucked up grabbed me and was just like, Get the fuck out, O'Leary. Like, I know you always wanted to be Tommy's little brother, but you're not a dude. And you're literally just getting your fucking shit kicked. Like, and the next day, the best is my brother wakes up and it's Christmas. It was Christmas Eve. And he goes, I think I left my credit card at the bar. I'm like, <laughs> what? you did not, motherfucker, but you did cause an entire fight about it. Yeah. It was in your back pocket the whole time because we walked home. Both of us like fucked up, bloody. And I'm yelling at him because we're fiery brother and sister Irish people. And he's like, I think I found my credit card. <laughs> so I took it from him. And I was so then the next day. So like, the next oh, day he's oh, like, I can't find it. And you're I like, can't find it. Right and I'm like, here. no, I took it because I'm fucking mad at you that you didn't just slide your hand in your back pocket at 2 a.m. last night. And we wouldn't have been both like. A, in a fucking brawl. We wouldn't have been in a bar brawl. So that's a that uh, wasn't bartending. That was just me being a good wing sister. Well, <laughs> but you know what? At the same time, that is as having a bar experience, being bar adjacent. It it all it all comes together. I'm we'll allow it. Judges will <laughs> take you. it. Thank we're, you. We're Thank take you. It. So, My story from being in front of the bar are always a little bit better. 
Well, you know what? I, I enjoyed both sides of the stories. You know, right? From behind the bar and front of the bar, I'm into both of them. So now that brings us to thank you again for sharing, uh, for sharing life and times of Peggy O'Leary. Uh, yeah, that fun. Now let's, uh, we'll get into our next segment of the show, which is questions for the bartender, right? So now these are five questions that we have for uh, our guests and, you know, think inside the actor studio and, you know, they are hilarious and I'd love to hear your responses to all of them. So okay, great. first question, what is the biggest misconception people have about being a bartender? Uh, that you get laid every night. Mm, okay. Yeah. It's every other night usually. Yeah, that is just a nonstop fuck fest. Uh, but it is in fact not how that works. And it's usually because you're fucking like a kitchen worker. Uh, and it's not like a hot person that just walks <laughs> in the bar. Usually if you're fucking every night and you're a bartender, it's because you're like fucking a busboy. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's not a romance novel. Uh, no. Is what, is what you're trying to say. Uh, yeah, 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 no. I, I get it. All right. So question number two. What is the biggest tip that you've ever received as a bartender? Mmm. I got tipped a uh, hundred dollar bill on one drink. It was uh, a Greyhound. He asked me, do you know how to make a Greyhound? I said, yes. And I made it for him. I don't even think he finished it. And he tipped me a hundred dollars. And I still to this day, I'm like searching for that man. I'm like, who is this guy that can't figure out how someone could figure out what a fucking Greyhound? It's like, what is it? Vodka and, and, uh, uh, grapefruit? Grapefruit. Yeah. Grapefruit. Grape- Grape, grape right. juice. Grape <laughs> no. juice. Uh, grapefruit. Yes. Yeah, grapefruit. I mean, yeah, it depends on certain bars. It might be grapefruit, a grape, There's grape a- juice and vodka. I think that's called like a, isn't that called like a hurricane? It, it could be. I just, uh, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, but I do know that, uh, that is a, that is quite a, uh, that is quite a score for a greyhound. I will say. I feel like that guy just like won the lottery and just wanted to like, Help a sad girl out. That's like what it felt. Or I'm like, this feels like too much, but I'll take it. I'm not going to argue it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, next question. Uh, what is, uh, what is your pet peeve of a customer? What is the one thing that you're just like, you know what? I'd rather you didn't do that. I don't like when people go, Oh my God, make me something delicious. And I'm saying that like a woman because I am a woman, but men do it too. We're like, what's your favorite drink? And I'm like, uh, I, and I always want to be like, what mood am I in? <laughs> most of the time, it's just going to be a Coors Light and a Tully. But so I would make it fun. But I hate it when, because you're a bartender, it's like, mm, make me something delicious. That would be like if you went to a restaurant and you went into the kitchen and you were like, mm, chef. And if you've ever worked in a restaurant, you know, chefs are the biggest hotheads in the entire world. Sure. The amount of meat that has been thrown by my head when I fucked up an order is crazy. Um, so I just would always be like, what the fuck do you drink? I'm like, what do you drink? What are you drinking? Right. Like also, if you don't know how I, if you don't know what you want to drink, I just don't think you make decisions in life. And that's just something now, again, that might be my alcoholism speaking, but I'm like, if you can't think I could think at, I could tell you, at every moment of every day of every minute of the hour, what I would want to drink. <laughs> Same. So the fact that you are I like, mm, what should I drink? I'm like, I'm going to fuck you up with whiskey. Yeah. And I'm just going to put it in a needle and put it in your arm because you don't deserve to be graced with one of my beautiful cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's that. But Same. I usually would just be like, um, uh, just get like a. I don't know, Baca Sea Breeze. <laughs> yeah, just, that's what I always used to say down the shore. I'm like, you want a Malibu Sea Breeze? And they're like, oh, that sounds delicious. Yeah. You have no idea what the fuck it is. <laughs> and they're just like, that sounds amazing. Oh my god, I love that. That's so refreshing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, next next question: uh, If you if you owned a bar, what would you name it? Um, that's good. There's so many. What theme? Can I, can you give me it's, like a genre? Uh, yeah. All right. Um, so if you want to, I, this is how I'm like, I have planned many of funerals if I was young, middle-aged, old, uh, same with bars. I could, depending on where I moved and where I lived. Okay. Uh, fair question. Uh, so 
what uh, uh, a beach beach bar? What would be your beach bar name? Okay. So I went to Puerto Rico for the first time this summer. I mean, this fall. And I full on have been just fantasizing about moving to Rincon because it was the greatest. And I literally became the mayor in like one day because it's like this little shore, like surfer town. Um, so I would open up a gringo bar in Rincon or some town in Puerto Rico and I'd call it Aunt Peggy's Pub. That's like- the only time. I would never call it, like I, I call myself Aunt Peggy, but I want Aunt Peggy's Pub to be the dive bar of in me. a short town. I like it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, no, if, I I opened up, if I opened up a bar like in New York City, different. There'd be a theme to it, but I like the idea of just like a straight up, like on the nose, I'm a white bitch from Philadelphia and I'm open up at a bar where I shouldn't. And I'm just going to get all the locals fucked up. And if, <laughs> if there is, and then I would think too, also a market to go after is that like, let's say you do go on vacation to Puerto Rico and you're like, you know what? I miss Detroit. Where can I find, yeah. where's my dive bar that I And need? I want the inside to feel like a dive East Coast, like shitty fucking like, almost like, um, there's a bar. It's one of my favorite bars in LA called Pat's. Mm-hmm. Shout out to fucking, um, Pat's in, I'd be fucking tone would be so mad at me that I don't remember where it is, but it's just this divey. It reminds me of an East coast bar. Sure. Yeah. yeah in yeah. LA, like in the Valley in LA and, um, or in studio city, but the same way I would want that. Like you walk into the bar and you're like, why would I want to be here in Puerto Rico? And, but it would have like fucking that seedy feel like sure. cherry wood for no fucking reason. And then you go out back and it's like a tiki bar. Cause it's like, it doesn't know what it is. Kind mm-hmm. of like my personality. Like, I don't know what I am. <laughs> I like, I like, uh, well, your bar should speak to who you are as a character <laughs> yeah. and your character. Right. I, I like, I like the, uh, I like the aesthetic of that. Mm-hmm. So, so now yeah, final, final, final question. Final. Okay. And I feel like we might have uh, touched on this a little bit, but here we are. What is your favorite drink to have? What do you What do you like? What's your weapon of choice? I gotta be honest. What mood am I in? What hour of the day is it? All right, uh, back at me. All right. Um, so I'm gonna say noon. What's your noon time? Noon Saturday or noon on a Sunday? What do you? What is- noon on a Sunday? Is it the fall? Yes, I'm going to go full. Well, then it's motherfucking my actual, definitely deep down my favorite. It's, I got a, a little small bottle of Tully in my back pocket mm-hmm. and I'm drinking Coors Light all day long because the Eagles are about to play, baby. <laughs> like I just, it's not, there's nothing. I am, you know what? I am so sad for the world right now. Like I am so sad for us, like what's happening. Sure. But I keep thinking over and over again, I'm like, the only happiness that I've truly had in the last three years is the Philadelphia Eagles, even though they have broken my heart so many times. But when I moved back to Philly is when we won the Super Bowl. They needed you I back fucking there. met Warren Zapp. I mean, I met like I fucking I met like Trey Thomas. I met like Brian Westbrook. I met all these guys when I moved to Philly and then we won the Super Bowl and that was, that's my, that's like, that's my favorite thing in the world is to be walking around a tailgate, getting excited. Cause I know the birds are about to play. You walk by people who are the opposite. They yell at you. You're like, fuck you. But, but actually you're still kind of like, ah, we're just excited. We're drinking. And there's a little Tully, a little Tully Mordew in my back pocket and a Coors Light in my hand. And all's going to be fine. Cause it's like in the end, who gives a fuck? Like it's sad when we lose, but there's something so great about just like, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to drink, I'm going to go to a game, I'm going to win or lose, but it's, that's all the day is. There's nothing else. There's no like, you know. It's, everyone's going to be fine afterwards. Everyone's going to be fine. Even if you're not fine, you're still fine. You know, it's like, there's no breakups. There's no like heckler in the audience telling you you're a shithead there's nobody telling you you're offensive there's nobody saying like you're the it is just so black and white and that is like my favorite fucking thing in the world a little shitty beer and a really delicious irish whiskey who kept in 
themselves. They're not like powers. They didn't go Protestant for no fucking reason. That's a little inside baseball to Irish. Um, <laughs> okay. But no, that's my fucking favorite. On a Sunday Tully's. at noon, if I'm not drinking Tully and a Coors Light, Some, something's off. I'm in the ground, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking funny. <laughs> so I will. I'll have to do. A, I'll have to do a Sunday check-in uh, at some point. Just spot checks. Be like, "Hey, Peg, uh, is it a uh, Tully and uh, Coors?" You're like, "Yep, I'm still here. Still doing it. Still here. Still yep. doing good. Yep. Still You're, doing good. I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't you worry about me, Jim. I'm fine. So <laughs> thank you, thank you. That Jim, is our, Jim. Thank you. This is so fun. This is this has been so much fun. We have one more segment. I have one. Uh, we have one more. Okay, uh, one more. One more little piece. I can't uh, wait. So here it is. And again, this is my uh, this is my personal favorite part of the show. Uh, this is part of the show we call uh, "What Were You Drinking?" Now, this is uh, where I go into my Facebook timeline and find some of the messier things that people have uh, have decided to put out into the social media world. Mm-hmm. We can only assume they're drunk. And you, as a bartender, you need to uh, figure out and diagnose. What do you think they were drinking when they wrote it? So okay. here we go. Now, <clears throat> Claire, keep my name out of your thin mouth. What do you think uh, this person was? Uh, now, of course, the names have been changed. But Claire, and now this is all caps. I should also say this. All caps. Claire, keep my name out of your thin mouth. And this was at uh, 4.52 uh, in the evening. You mean in the morning? Evening. Or this is uh, 5 p.m. Afternoon. Yeah, afternoon. All caps. Keep, oh, whew. Yeah, this Claire. is. Well, Claire, right away, I got to be honest, she's probably from my neighborhood. So she's either Irish or Italian, but she's Catholic. So she's got lots of guilt. Okay. That's why she starts drinking in the afternoon. Or maybe she never stopped drinking. No, this is, um, so this is towards Claire. Uh, whoever this is wants Claire to keep her name out of her, out of Claire's thin mouth. Oh, well, this is like a bitch. Uh, does it definitely have to be alcohol? Cause this guy sounds like he's like on oxy and he's just like been a little sad cause the baby mom wouldn't bring the kids around. But okay. Um, I'm going to go with this guy's drinking like a sad whiskey. A sad whiskey. Okay. Like, like, uh, you know, back of the shelf, you just found it from like a weird party. Mm-hmm. Like just, and you, and you're not really a normally a, a whiskey drinker and you had a rough Saturday night. Was it a Sunday mor- afternoon? Uh, you know, I don't, I just have the date. That's fine. I don't care. I'm going to put these pieces yeah, together. Yeah. I was going to say put it together. Uh, you know, let's... he's been drinking all night. Mm-hmm. He he tried to make out with one of Claire's friends. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 But after like a coke filled night, so it's like three a.m. He tries to make out, and like Gene is like, "Yo, Claire told me how you fucking were, and now nah, I'm not into you. I'm not doing." And this. then he just stayed up, just fucking Oof. doing lines of coke or fucking oxys or something that kept him awake. I don't think oxys keep you awake because I never did them, but um. And then he's just, uh, he, he's got to the sad part. There, we, like we, he was having a good night. Maybe he was drinking vodka all night, maybe a couple of beers. And then it like hit the afternoon and he started drinking whiskey because that's the only thing left. Yeah. He's and the only power he has over Claire is that, you know. Stop talking about him. The court is watching their Facebook, so he knows. <laughs> he might be able to get like, you know, he might be able to get like Tony for a little bit longer. Right, right. Next right. weekend. But his, my, it's a whiskey, I'd say, but like sad whiskey. A sad whiskey, uh, which has brought us to the only, again, his only sort of power, uh, to Claire is just like, stop talking about me. Right. You know what I mean? Stop talking. He's trying to fuck one of her friends. I mean, there's like, how else are you knowing that? What Claire's saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah wait, come, come on. on. Yeah. It, like we put it together. It's deductive reasoning here. Mm-hmm. Pal. So tighten up is what we're trying to say. So, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for dying, uh, bringing your expertise of, of alcohol here to help us figure out what. Wait, just one? I gotta hear more. Do you not have, I gotta do one more. I don't even think that was good. 
That was really good. I mean, I can get, I mean, we'll, we'll go. I can, can we do one more? Can we do a bonus round? Yeah. All right. You know what? Yeah. I'm feeling good. I don't have anything else. Uh, <laughs> there ain't nothing else on the docket right now. Um, I know. Let, let me see if I can get another one. Uh, you can cut out some of my other bullshit stories. This is more like I'll do rapid file. Peggy could diagnose what you're drinking at all times. <laughs> all right. Um, let's see. I want to try and find a, uh, an oldie, but a goodie. All right. Those are my favorite. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, there, yeah, this is one, uh, this is one I didn't, uh, we didn't quite get to, but, um, we'll go for it. All right. <clears throat> Somebody wrote, need to get out of this comma. I'm going for a walk alone. Ooh. What's, what's going on? What, what's the, what's They're cathartic. Yep. Mm-hmm. So right away, I think wine. Mm, okay. But then you have to think about what kind of wine. I was going to say red or white. Cause like, the all, right away, I would say like a red wine can make you cathartic. But the fact that it's like, I got to go for a walk. Alone. Still, is it a woman or a man? Is that okay? It's a to man. Find yeah, out? yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a it's guy. It's a man. Yeah. Need to get out of this. Going for a walk alone. I got to be honest. I'm going to do a real combo sitch. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go with it. He's, I'm giving a whole backstory. Uh, well, that's what this is he about. He has a lot of uh, women in his life. Women meaning like daughters or the wife or sisters or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was drinking a couple glasses of wine. A fight broke out. And he got a little mad at himself because he was like, and the reason I say this is because if he started drinking just red wine, he would just put himself to bed. But he drank a couple of glasses <laughs> of white wine and it's like shitty cabin. It's like what my sisters drink. It's like, you know, it's like <laughs> what I drink to like fully, like, I know I can't kill myself because I'm Catholic, but it's like what I ingest in my body to be like, you don't even like the taste kind of gives you a burning sensation because there's so much acidity. You're going to do it just to get drunk. And then, boom, he takes out a good fucking, like, like a good, uh, like a hard body, like uh, a cab, Mm. like red, and he has one glass, and he's still listening to the bullshit, whatever it is, and he's getting fucked with. Yeah. And he doesn't know he's getting fucked with, but he just like, and also that like little it. bit of red puts like a little bit of red in his face. Mm-hmm. And he's like, fuck this shit. I'm putting this in a roadie to go. And he took his solo <laughs> cup of fucking some good shitty fucking red wine. And he took himself on a fucking walk. <laughs> but I actually don't think this guy's that drunk. I actually really feel bad for him, and I'd love to talk to him because I think I'm in love with him. That's actually the kind of guy <laughs> I go for. So that's why I was like, "Baby boy, well you you should just change it up to a little course light and like Tully, because <laughs> your fucking friend Peggy. All right, I come hung out. Yeah, you know we got on that walk. We did a little figured day drunk walk. Could have figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> You're the funnest, Jim. This oh, is so fun. I hope I was okay. <laughs> thank you so much, Peggy. You are very, you're very fun as well. This is, uh, this, I've, uh, I have genuinely appreciated the diagnoses, uh, of, uh, of these drinkers in the streets. Yeah. Um, it's a gift. These... What can I say? Well, it's you... a specific gift. The, the person who wrote that was like, it wasn't that fucked up, actually. I just had like one gin and tonic. Was... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, it's, you really, like, I don't know what you broke down every emotion. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what you saw in this, but that wasn't where we were. So thanks anyway, right? But you know what? Uh, uh, you know, the, and that 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 will do it for us, though. Uh, you know, this has been a really this has been a really fun episode. I'm really excited. Super fun. Yeah, this has been a real uh, it's been a blast chopping it up with you. Uh, so where where can people find you? Before we go? Um, you can find me on most things if you just uh on Twitter it's just at Peggy O'Leary on Instagram it's Aunt. A-U-N-T underscore Peggy O. Um, you know, Facebook. I have a podcast called Lovable Monsters. Um, and it's fun. It's about, it's me and one of my best friends in Philly, Ryan Foster, just talking about being bad at dating and all of our drinking and all of our craziness. We've been a little bit slackers over quarantine just because of the whole funeral home thing, but I, we're going to pick back up. Um, so yeah, you can find us there, PeggyLear.com, when I finally get dates back up, 
We'll be there. Perfect. And I'll be on Helium. I don't know when this comes out, actually. Uh, this will be out, uh, I want to say July, because we're doing like a, uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're, you're up to Well, if they're still doing, um, live from your couch helium shows, I basically do a, uh, drinking game show every two weeks on Saturday on helium. So Ooh, just follow me. That's fun. And you'll see it. So yes, please do, uh, go follow Peggy. She's very funny as you have heard. Uh, this has been so much fun. I've had a so fun, Jim. chopping it up with you. Um, yes. so, uh, you know, again, if you want to find this show, uh, you can do that. Uh, go to openbartalk at gmail.com, you know, shoot us a uh, email. I certainly love to hear from you and, uh, you know, we'll read your, read your shit out. Uh, open bar talk on Instagram is another good place. I post wild stories about times that I've been a fucking crazy person and those are always fun to read too. Uh, if you want to find me i'm at jim search on all social media jimsearchcomedy.com you know again when i got dates up too uh they'll those will be there but in the meantime i post jokes and shit like that uh to find this show go ahead and find it on itunes stitcher spotify and iHeartRadio. uh those are all really good places to uh get at the show rate review and subscribe uh of course you know because again that's how motherfuckers find out about this show uh, again, Peggy, thank you for, uh, doing thank this. you. This was so fun. Yeah. I had a really good time. This is so much fun. You know, I know. And, uh, everyone stay safe in quarantine, baby. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what you need to fucking do. And of course, uh, if you are drinking, put a water between each one of those joints and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. <laughs>